0: You know, uh, Jesus said, "The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing." And so unless the Holy Spirit is here, unless the Holy Spirit does something in our lives and our hearts, nothing happens. No- nothing happens that matters. Because I I, I do believe Jesus said that, and I believe, what Jesus, I I don't think he was wrong. And so Holy Spirit, come and touch every heart. Give us us understanding in our hearts. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Give us the ability to, to change in meaningful ways. Good morning. morning. I want to piggyback on something that that Kevin was talking about. He was talking about uh, he, he uh, made the comment that he thought that children's ministry and youth ministry were uh, perhaps the most important ministries of the church. And he got a rather lukewarm <laughs> He's right! He's right and especially children's ministry. Uh, I, I heard a pastor sharing one time Um, how a a friend of his uh, had a baptismal service and he asked his friend, he said, "Uh, how many people did you baptize today? And the guy said, three and a half. He said, oh, oh, three adults and a child. No, three children and an adult. the math works out better that way children's hearts are soft and you know uh, even even youth hopefully it's not too late by youth but oftentimes it is you know we'll spend the first 12 years 13 years 14 years of our kids lives uh with this traveling team and that traveling team and this this outing and 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 that thing and you know and then When they become youth, we bring them to church and go fix them. They're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Gee. So the only crowd they know. Yeah. So I mean, the children's ministry. Yeah. I just want you to know next time somebody says children's ministry is most important ministry in the church. You should probably go. Because it is. Yeah. Their hearts are soft. And Yeah. You should hear my grandson sing Reckless Love of God. He almost put my eardrum out this morning. It was great. (laughs) Uh, This Wednesday night, now the next Wednesday is, uh, is Independence Day, July the 4th. It's a big deal, right? This Wednesday night's a big deal. This Wednesday night is Springhouse Presents. And you need, to, you need to be here at 7 o'clock. You're going to see things and hear things you've never seen and heard before. And we'll never see or hear again. You just, you just need to be here. And, and if you're not here, you're going to miss Will and I in our cowboy outfits. I mean, I'm a 49er fan, but I'm going to dress up like cowboy. So get your bad self uh, out and in the car, you know, stop by Chick-fil-A if you have to and, and get here. And you go, well, he just said bad self. Today, we're talking about a Pharisee and a sinner. Which one are you? Would you stand with me and let's read the parable? To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would move us in meaningful ways today. And that our lives would be impacted. And that we would not leave here the same way we came. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, To whom was Jesus speaking? A few weeks ago, uh, Elder Brad was sharing a parable and uh, spent a pretty good while going into who is Jesus talking to? Because that's important to know who Jesus is talking to. Some of the parables, uh, Jesus spoke uh, to the people. Uh, Some of the parables, he spoke to his disciples. Uh, Some of the parables, he spoke to the religious leaders. Uh, And on one occasion... He spoke to a very, very specific group of people. And that group of people were those who were confident in their own righteousness. Now, that's not an issue for anyone today. I'm aware. Uh, but I might be wrong. There are many who would not use this language but who are certainly not concerned with following Christ? Yeah, they love Jesus because doesn't everybody love Jesus? At least with their mouth, but their lives—you know, they, 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 there's no there's no effort to really follow Him at all. You know, when uh, when Margaret and I when I first met Margaret and uh, you know and asked her to marry me and all and all that stuff and that happened pretty quickly. Uh, I lived 25 miles away from her. It was 25 miles from my door to her door. And every day when I got off work, I got in my car and I drove 25 miles and I stayed as late as her daddy would let me stay. And then I turned around and I drove home after midnight when I got there and I was up at the crack of dawn every morning because I loved her. And it was no effort whatsoever. Yeah. And so we love Jesus, but when it comes to actually putting forth any, you know, uh, oh, I love Jesus. You know, I don't go to church very often. Or, or actually, I like this one. Yeah, we go to church. Oh, uh, Well, where? Well, we go to, um, what's the name of that church? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's the preacher? Well, I- I know his name. Wait a minute. Let me think for a little bit here. And going to church isn't what it's all about. But look, I mean, the experience of coming together and worshiping with God's people. That's, you know, that's something that you can't replicate without coming together and worshiping with God's people. Uh, This last week, my youngest daughter gave me a call uh, one afternoon and said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, "Well, I've got a couple things planned." She said, "Paul Simon is having a concert in town, and it's his farewell concert. And I think I can get a hold of some pretty good tickets." I said, "Well, I can be there a half an hour late." So, you know, I, I, after after I got through with my group, I jumped in the, I jumped in my my, my truck, Ooh. yeah, jumped in my, my old truck and drove up to Nashville. Took my first Uber. And went to the Paul Simon concert. It, it was incredible. I mean, Paul is, is mine and Val's boy. I mean, always has been. He, I, I, I like him. She loves him. And, you know, And so you know, I'm sitting there with my arm around my daughter and Paul's singing bridge over troubled waters. And I'm going, yeah, baby. Yeah, when you're down and out. You know, I, like a bridge, I'll lay me down. Yeah anyway it was great it was a good time and, and you know I've had some people ask, and well never mind uh, I was just going to tell you some other stuff about it but I've had some people ask what was it like I can't tell you what it was like you had to be there to know what it was like I can't make you experience that and same thing come together and worship God's people I mean were you here this morning You know, this is is good. Oh, I love Jesus, but don't read the Bible. Never read the Bible. Uh, One of the the reasons why I have you get up and read Scripture on Sunday morning. Oh, well, there's two reasons. One, Paul told Timothy, don't neglect the public reading of the Word. And then two, for many people and... uh, Hopefully, I'm not speaking to the majority here, but for many people, it's the only Bible they read this week. The only Bible they're going to read this week. There's a young man that, uh, that I've, I've, I've been very close to, and he recently had a birthday, and his wife asked me to, to give him some advice. And so I, gave, I wrote out some advice, and basically what I said was, read the Bible every day. You need to read the Bible every day. And, uh, you know, and I talked to him later and he said, well, thank, you know, thanks for writing that because I, I, I've started doing that. And that really, you know, it's really changed my life. And I'm going, you started doing it. You haven't been doing that. I love Jesus. But, I, you know, I pray every now and then, you know, when I'm in trouble. When somebody when somebody I know has got a big problem. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll pray. The thing is, they make no consideration for God in their lives in any way that might be inconvenient to them. Now, why would somebody do that? And there's really only two reasons I can think of why somebody would do that. Either, A, they don't think there's really any reason to because there's either not a God out there or there's not a hell to worry about or not a heaven to be so I, you know why you know, why not? Love the one you're with. Uh, you know, what? whatever. Yeah. Uh, or they're thinking, I got this. I got this. I, I really don't need all, all of that other stuff because I got this. Jesus spoke a parable to those who were confident of their own righteousness. And... Uh, there are others who would not use this language as well. And they do go to church, and they read the Bible maybe, and they may, maybe do a bunch of other good stuff. You know? But they carry attitudes very similar to the Pharisee. Now, what was wrong with this Pharisee? See, uh, I mean, here's a guy. He's at the temple. He, he went to church that day. You know? He's praying. He's giving thanks, no doubt with a thankful heart, yeah, to, the, to, to the Lord. Uh, the guy tithes. The guy fast. I mean, he does. He's 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 doing all the stuff. Uh, so what's wrong with it? And, and let me just say, you know, some people would look at this parable, and 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 they would go, well, well that's what that's about. You know, I mean, ob- obviously, obviously, uh, tithing doesn't do it because uh, obviously we're not supposed to do that because the bad guy tithes. Yeah. And, and the bad guy fasts, and the bad guy goes to church, and the bad guy prays. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not, what, that's not what that's about. So what, what, what's the problem? I and mean, let me just say, you, you know, we can also make the mistake of looking at this and going, oh, well, he was just doing ritual. And, you know, ritual is not a dirty word. Everybody in this room has rituals. They're not all religious. In fact, most of them aren't. But every every I did it again. I hit the wrong button. Can you get me back up, Danny? Uh, Everybody everybody in this thanks. Everybody in this room uh, has rituals, and and rituals can be very very good. Margaret and I before before each meal, after we pray, we kiss. You didn't know that. We've been doing it for forty two years now, and you know, and and it's not like you know, we kiss. It's a very ritualistic kiss. And it's so important. And it's so powerful. Because, you know, one of the things that I know that's going to happen when I wake up every day is I'm going to kiss my wife. Probably probably more than one. And you know what? Uh, If you don't, you got a problem. You need a new ritual. You need to form a formal ritual that'll 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 kind of help there with that. Uh, I read I read the Bible every I've read the Bible every day for, for forty three years now, and you know and there've been different seasons in time. It's a ritual that I have. There's been different seasons in time. There have been times when you know it was the first thing in the morning. Uh, you know, right now I'm in a season where it's it's usually the, what I do right before going to bed. Uh, there there was a season in my life when the way that my my life worked out, the best time for me was lunch. You know, when I was when I was working for the Social Security Administration, I would I'd bring I'd get my bologna sandwich and take it out to the car and get my Bible and you know and I had my forty five minutes or whatever I had and I. I read the Bible. That's what I and, and, you, you know, there have, been, there have been seasons in my life where it's kind of been like, man, you're not getting anything out of this. I mean, come on. You're, you're not, you're not focused. This is just ritual. And the, and, and the devil will go, this is just ritual. You just need to stop doing that. Well, you just need to stop lying to me. Because if I'll keep doing that in those seasons, it will get me through to another season, where I'll be beside some still waters and having some having some nice grass to munch on, you know, pasture to feed on. But you gotta gotta push through to it. And some people are wired to find great meaning in ritual. I mean, uh, you know, there there are some church services that uh, that. We might tend to go to and go, that's dead, you know. But they might come to our church service and going, this is crazy, yeah. and they're right, and we're right. Yeah. But the way they're wired, the smells and bells and the, and the and and the stained glass and the and the quiet, you know, really moves their soul, moves their moves their spirit. Here's, here's the deal. Be honest with who you are and then and then get some good rituals and walk. We do rituals here, you know. Baptism is a ritual. The Lord's table is a ritual. You know, me, me getting up and speaking is a and for some of you coming is a ritual. Keep doing it. It's important in your life. So what was the problem with this Pharisee guy? Well, he had, he had a couple, in there, and they're glaringly obvious. And the first one is, I thank you that I am not like other people. Uh, and he listed a group of the usual suspects. Robbers, adulterers, and in case I miss somebody, evildoers. Evildoers that pretty much covers the whole thing and basically setting up straw man to defeat uh so that he can then claim victory but that's that's done frequently it's it's done a lot it's done uh politicians do it advertisers do it we we tend to do it you know Uh, Senator, what is your uh, position on the Clean Water Act? Well, there are people who claim that I am against clean drinking water for our kids. And that's just absolutely not the truth. I am for clean drinking water for our people. And there are people who claim that I am against good recreational water for our folks. I want good recreational water for our folks. Senator, what is your position on the Clean Water Act? Well, there are people who say, you know, I mean, you, you set up, sit up somebody who's not even saying it, but you just put them down. You just defeated them. Yeah. And, we can, and we, can, we can look at other people. We can make up people worse than us. Oh, somebody needed to, to, to go, oh, me. We can make up people wor- wor- worse than us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, and by the way, if you're following along in the bulletin, you got the little outline thing, and in the back it, uh, it, it says 1 Corinthians. I, I made a mistake once before, and I've apparently made another one. Uh, it's actually 2 Corinthians. Uh, we do not dare to classify ourselves or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. It's not It's not wise to look at somebody else and go, well, I think I may have. Or to look at somebody else and go, man, there and I'm. That's just stupid. When. uh, After Jesus was raised from the dead and uh, on the the morning where he uh, where he he made the fish breakfast for the for the disciples and everything. and, And he said to Peter, do you love me? Uh, three times. And and Peter answered. And then Jesus was telling him what was going to happen to him later on. And and Peter turns around and he looks at John, who's over there, and he goes, well, what about him? What's what's going to happen to him? I mean, you're telling me i got a pretty rough end coming, but what about him? And Jesus goes, that is none of your business. If I don't want anything bad to ever happen to him, if I I want him to, to, to stay alive until I come back, That's got nothing to do with you. You have to follow me. That's what you have to do. And here's the the thing. When it comes to looking and finding, you know, who's better and who's worse and and all that. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous. No one. Not even one. Oh, okay. So the adulterer is unrighteous, right? Well, does that make me righteous? So the robber is unrighteous. Does that make me righteous? No, you go, well, you don't know. I mean, my, my mama, she, she was righteous. If she was truly righteous, she would be the first one to go, there's no one righteous. Not even one. Except for the blood of Jesus Christ in our lives. Well, why would, I, and, and let me just say, you know, when people, when people do that, when people kind of go, well, at least I'm not. And most of the time we don't say it out loud, we just say it in here. You know, it just happens between our ears. We, we tend to feel good about ourselves because at least I'm not. Yeah. But most of the time when that happens, it, it happens uh, uh, for, for one of two reasons. It happens to cover up our own weaknesses, Either, either I go, well, yeah, I have a problem in this area, but she's got a problem in that, and that's a much worse area. Or it's the flip. It's, you know, well, he's got a problem with blah blah blah, and blah 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 is the problem I'm struggling with, too. That's what tends to happen. So who are we looking down on? Would would we even recognize uh, the usual suspects, in terms of who we 're looking in terms of who we 're looking down as a Pentecostal, I grew up uh, as a, as a southern rural Pentecostal. I grew up uh, convinced that we had it right. the gifts of the spirit check rapture check tribulation boom yeah the the uh, uh, the, the laundry list of things that would send you to hell, check, 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 check. We, we had them all. We we had it right, and there were a bunch of other groups that didn't have it right. <laughs> Only problem was I had it wrong. See, when when I when I talk to some now, now look, I, I'm not promoting sin. I'm not saying sin's okay, because when you sin, it messes up your life, it messes up the lives of people around you, Uh sin bad not sin good okay but when i'm talking to when when i when i come at somebody and going you need to you need you're doing blah 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 you need to stop doing that that's not yeah the problem is they can absolutely turn around and go and you're doing blah 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 and you need to stop i mean there's nobody who can't do that to me now, they may have it wrong, or they may have it right. But there's stuff they can, they can latch on to. So it's not a matter of me coming to them and going, well, you got to, what I need to go to them and go is, there's an answer. There's a redeemer. There's life. There's, there's the ability to do better for us, for us all to do better. Then, so the first problem he had was, I thank God that I am not. Then he turned on a stranger. Or even like this tax collector here. He turned on a stranger and imputed guilt to him. Listen to this. Because of the group he was in. He didn't know the guy. He didn't know the guy's name. He didn't know what the guy had done. He didn't know where the guy lived. He just knew what his group was. And so obviously, obviously he's, he's messed up. If he's a tax collector, he's got to be worse than me. There was, a, there was a guy up in Nashville in the, in the, the theater community who passed away a couple years ago, a guy named David Compton. And I mentioned this before, but it, it was a couple years ago, so. And uh, actually, it's longer than that. But uh, David uh, grew up in Kentucky, grew up in a, in a, in a church, church going home. And uh, as most actors did, and uh, then when he discovered, you know, that that was part of what was inside of him, the church kind of goes, well, you can't do that here. But uh, gifted, talented man, and beyond that, a good man. I mean, uh, had, had a humble Sweet, serving heart, spirit, and he uh, before he passed away, he went back to visit, he went back to visit his family, and his brother said to him, "You know, David, you're going to hell." And he goes, "Why? What, why, why am I going to hell? Because you're an actor? <laughs> Do you have any groups?" Do you have have any groups that you look at? Rich, poor, uh, bikers, (laughs) Democrats, Republicans, peaceniks, warmongers, other races, racist, you have any groups that you look at and go, well, they belong to that group, so I know. Just write them off. We are all individuals. And we will all stand before God as individuals. I will not be able to stand before God and go, well, I was married to Margaret. My, My kids turned out all right. Yeah. We, 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 are, we are all individuals and we'll stand before God as such. And so the sinner comes, and, and I know it calls him a tax collector, but I call him a sinner because of what he said. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, sinner. Which prayer was the hardest to plan out and pray? Yeah. In a physical sense, I'd say it'd probably be the one that I've got to make my list of who I'm better than, and I've got to make my list of what it is I've done so I can tell God how good I am. you know, or, or the one that just maybe in a heart sense is harder to get out, but just as I am. That one plea but that your blood was shed for me and that you said, come. The the only right I have to be here is you invited me. And I believed it. It's not my brother or my sister. It's me, oh Lord, standing. It's not the preacher. He could use some, but it's not the preacher or the deacon. But it's me, oh Lord. Standing in a need of prayer. Well, here's the good news. One of these guys was justified. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified. Somebody went home justified that day before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This word justified, I, I, was, I was taught growing up that what it meant was just as if I'd never sinned. But it's even better than that. Because you know what? You did sin. You did. And you're still justified. Justified. But see, if it was just as if I'd never sinned, then, you know, I might not get, I may not be justified by the time I get out the door. But I'm justified because God looked at me and said, justified. Justified. And if God said it, (laughs) then who cares what anybody else thinks? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Uh, Who who can condemn when God has said, this one one is just. You see, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation can keep us from the love of God that's in Jesus Christ our Lord. When He says, justified. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We don't need to convince Him that we're better than somebody else. We don't need to convince Him that there's some reason why I've done enough stuff, God, so now you need to you need to declare me innocent. You need to declare me justified. That has no value, and it probably is wrong anyway. Jesus died on the cross, and God raised him from the dead so that when an honest heart comes to him, it says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner it can be justified. And, and, and you know, I, I mean, I know you've probably heard, well, but when you, when you repent, you've got to turn and go the other way. You've got to, well, yeah, you need to turn and go the other way when you repent. Go, well, you know, I did that and I didn't get very far. Well, you know what? Do it again. Well, I, okay, I did, well, I didn't get, do it again. I, do it again. How many times you get to do this? Well, at least 70 times seven every day. And that's only as far as a human's supposed to go with you. God can go a little farther. You do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again, and at some point in time, you, you, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what happens. I don't know if you just get tired of it or what, but you decide, "Okay, I'm, I'm going the other way now." And it happens. Oh, in God, sweet, isn't He good? Isn't He wise?